0: Good morning. Good morning. It is good to see you today on this Lord's Day and also Mother's Day. And I want to begin by saying uh, thank you for all of the heartfelt notes and phone calls and prayers that have been said on my behalf and my family's behalf in the the last couple of weeks with the passing of my father. And I, I surely do. Appreciate all of your love and and all of those prayers of intercession for us, and uh, and we uh, rejoice in his homecoming. Uh, but we we're going to miss him, and uh, and so all of that love and that sharing that you gave to our family is irreplaceable. So thank you so much for that, and uh, and so we want to honor. Uh, mothers today, and uh, we want to say happy mother 's Day to all of you be- beautiful mothers and uh, we re- remember the words of proverbs thirty one twenty eight her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also so men remember that, brag on your women he praises her so today i 'm going to attempt to praise you wonderful mothers. And for all that you do uh, for your families and for the church here. We also want to remember that this day uh, has the potential for a lot of emotional weight for, for many of us. That our minds drift to, to people that we've lost. People that we love. And there's a sense of woundedness that all of us have. And sometimes that's related to mothers and grandmothers. Grandmothers. And there's also feelings sometimes related to fertility and infertility that we have to acknowledge at this time and the woundedness that can can happen uh, surrounding mothers and the people that we love. And so we want to, to say to all those who are hurting today that we love you and, and we will pray for you and we want you to be well. Our lesson text is from... 2 Timothy chapter 1 where it talks about the faith of a grandmother and a mother. And it's a beautiful passage and then when you hook it up with a passage later on in 2 Timothy in chapter 3.15 you get a fuller picture of what Paul is talking about with these two wonderful ladies. He says in chapter 1.5 when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois And your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you. And then in chapter 3.15 it says, And from childhood, Timothy, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith that is in Christ Jesus. So we see those wonderful words that pay testimony to the work of a mother and grandmother. Think about all the things that you've heard your mother say. All of the wisdom that has been imparted to you from your mother. I'd like to go through just a few of those wise things that might be familiar to some of you. I remember my mom probably said this to me many times. If your friends jump off a bridge, <laughs> would you... And sadly to say, there was probably a time that I would have watched one of my friends jump off a bridge and go do it too. And for you that have bungee jumped, you probably did. If you keep making that face, it'll freeze that way. That's my excuse today. Oh, but if you needed a reason why, Because I said so. And I don't know why we asked any further when we did. (laughs) Or when you went on and on, when you cried and cried, or when you played and played. And I can't hear myself think. We can, Mama. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. When you have kids, I hope they're just like you. Uh (laughs) No comment. Talking to you is like talking to a brick wall. This one, I think my dad said too, stop crying or I will give you something to cry about. I I felt a little sting back here. And as long as you're under my roof... You're going to live by my rules. But probably the one that we long for the most, and that we yearn for the most, is those words when she says, I love you. And how that formed something deep within our hearts and in our lives that make us who we are. And love of a mother is so vital. And they're even finding scientifically that it has a biological effect on the child. That now they can take the child's brain and make images of the brain of a child through technology and see what the, what's activity in the brain. And what they found is, is that nurturing mothers changed the very structure of a child's brain. Isn't that amazing? That the love that a mother displays and shows to her child actually shapes the brain, the hippocampus. That if a nurturing mother loves a child and nurtures a child, that the hippocampus is 10% larger in that child. And the hippocampus is connected to memory. A mother's love is so vital and so... Important. No wonder the poets have paid homage to mothers, Edgar Allan Poe, because I feel that in the heavens above the angels whispering one to another can find among their burning terms of love none so devotional as that of mother. But mother, mothering isn't just biological. It's not. It's not just having a child biologically, is it? Mothering takes on more than that. And there are spiritual mothers in this room. Paul said in 1 Timothy 5 to exhort the older women as what? As mothers. And the youngers as sisters with purity. Mothering takes on a shape in all of our lives with different people. People who have cared for us. Women who have cared for us. And so on. I like what Paul said in Romans 16, 13. Listen to this. Greet Rufus. Chosen the Lord and His mother who has been a mother to me too. Isn't that a beautiful sentiment? Think about not only your mother today, but who else has been a mother to you? Who else has been a mother to you today? Mothers teach us, they care for us, they listen to us, they're affectionate towards us. And even God Himself compared His own love to that of a mother in Isaiah 49, 15. Can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, God says, I would never forget you. The love of a mother. And then we get to Paul and Timothy. Here in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And what's interesting about Paul and Timothy is that Timothy is kind of Paul's protege. And, and Paul begins to use Timothy in ministry in Acts chapter 16 in his second missionary journey. And in a, lot, in a lot of sense, what we see in Timothy is that he's handing over his ministry to Timothy. Timothy is responsible for helping him write some of the epistles that we have in the New Testament, but Paul says in First Timothy 6:20, "O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, that Paul was giving parts of his ministry to young Timothy to carry on. In Second Timothy 1:14, "That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit." Paul also tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, he says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heed to themselves teachers with itch- itching ears. Paul is commending Timothy commanding Timothy to carry on preaching the gospel to the world. And how influential was Paul? Some name him as one of the top ten most influential people of all time in this world because of his missionary efforts throughout the world. And what we find in the book of Timothy is this, that many of his disciples, many of the people that Paul had brought into faith had fallen away. In fact, in First and Second Timothy, he lists some four different teachers: Phagellus, Hermogenes, it says, "They have turned away." It says, "Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and Alexander did me much harm." Also you find in the book of 1st and 2nd Timothy is that there is heresy and false teaching beginning to arise in the church. And so in the church you see all these people defecting. You see these people teaching false doctrine, leaving Paul. But Timothy, he has an interminable faith. It says, To Timothy, my true son, in the faith. And one of the things that separated Timothy from those folks who defected was that he had a faith that was handed down. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded is in you. And what that word genuine means is unfeigned or unhypocritical. It is real. Timothy has a real faith in God. And where did he get it? Did he get it from the greatest missionary that ever walked the earth? He got it from his mother and his grandmother. That's the first thing that we see is that Timothy's genuine faith Began with his mother and his grandmother. Think about all the things that parents pass down to children. A lot of times we men, we like to teach our boys how to fish. Or how to play ball. Or something like that, right? I was talking to Miss Janet. And she's teaching her granddaughter how to sew And what a lovely thing that is to have something together to do and to teach a skill. We hand down heirlooms to children, don't we? In fact, the jacket that I own, that I'm wearing right now, was my father's jacket. We hand things down, but what greater gift can we give than that of faith? Mothers are responsible not only for the physical health of children, but the spiritual health. And Abraham Lincoln said it like this, no one is poor who has a godly mother. Amen. When you have a mother who understands God and understands the gospel and understands what love is, truly none of us are poor. The power of faith Jesus talks about the power of faith. And he says, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you had the faith as small as a mustard seed, you could tell this mountain move from here and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Think about how powerful that faith is. That it's so concentrated that even if it's as small as a mustard seed, Jesus says, nothing is impossible Handing down that faith is so important. The Hebrew writer says, Faith without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is vital. It's important. It's necessary. Proverbs talks about this modeling. And in Proverbs 31, that picture of the virtuous woman. In verse 25, strength. And honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth and wisdom is on her tongue. And the law of kindness. Isn't that a beautiful picture of a mother? No wonder her children rise up to call her blessed. But we also see that Timothy's faith is rooted in something that's absolute. You see, we have to have something outside of ourselves. We have to have a reference point outside of ourselves. And what does it say? That you have known the Scriptures from your childhood. You have known the Scriptures, and it's through the knowledge of the Scriptures that faith is truly informed. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It says in Romans 10, verse 17. You know, I was watching the YouTube video not too long ago. And there's a very smart magician by the name of Penn Jillette. He's got a TV show, and you try to fool Penn and Teller. And Mr. Jillette is a very smart man, but he's also an atheist, unapologetically. But on this video, he shows a a different side to himself because one day after one of his shows... Guess what someone does? They give him a Bible. And they have a conversation with him. And he talks about this person that gives him the Bible. And when you think about it, well, what is is the atheist going to say about the guy that gave him a Bible? You know what he says? He says, if he truly believes in it, then I should take it as a compliment that he gave me a Bible because it shows that he actually cares for me. And he said, I didn't find someone who was crazy or insane or irrational. But what I found was someone who cared for me by giving me a Bible. Now whether he read it, whether he responded to it, I can't say. But he did respond to the love that was expressed in giving him a Bible. If someone's willing to do that for a stranger for an entertainer, for an unapologetic atheist. How often should we be given the Bible to our family and to our children? It's the Word of God. It says, they that were in Thessalonica, those who were in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Why? Because they searched the Scriptures daily. I like how the psalmist said it in Psalms 119. Listen to this, 148. My eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on Your Word. Thinking about the Word of God informing our lives of that moral education, that integrity that we need. And as a result of that education, it says that Timothy was wise. Not just wise, but wise unto what? Salvation. The most important subject around. He understood who he was fundamentally. He knew who he stood before. He stood before a holy God. I'm reminded of Thomas Edison, who wasn't the best student around. I don't know if y'all knew that, but one of the world's greatest inventors, one with one of the greatest imaginations, more patents than almost anyone. His schoolmaster called him adult. And of course when Edison heard this he went home crying to his mother and his mother then went up to the school and kinda gave a peace of mind to the teacher and then she began to teach him at home instead of in the public school. And Edison said for many years, my mother was the making of me. She was so true, so sure of me, and I felt that I had someone to live for. Someone I must not disappoint. You think he lived up to his potential? I think we we owe it to Edison that we're seeing each other as clearly as we are right now because of the practical incandescent light bulb in which he made. When we think about how important education is, how important it is to be able to read, how important it is to be able to write, to add, to subtract, to divide, to multiply, all those things that are so important. But it's also important to say, do unto others as you would have them doing to you. To love your neighbor as yourself. To love your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. To be wise, not only in this world, not only on this earth, not only in earthly things, but in spiritual things. And so today, I hope it resolves you to thank those mothers who have lived in such a way that honors God and honors His Word. And also to resolve within ourselves to say, I want to be like her. And I don't want her influence to stop with me. I want her influence to affect other people. And when we do that, it's a powerful thing. It begins to make people wise unto salvation. God has blessed us, hasn't He? He's blessed us with so many wonderful ladies in this church and throughout all of our lives. So today, honor them by maybe calling them, by maybe hugging them, by maybe taking them out to eat. Uh, (laughs) I see some nudges going on. (laughs) But by also emulating those things Which speak to the truth of who Jesus is. If you're not a Christian this morning, the Bible's so plain, the Bible's so clear that you've got to believe. You've got to believe in the Word of God. You have to believe who Jesus is. You have to accept His authority as a moral teacher and see He is the Son of God. To look at our sins and what we do to ourselves by willing ourselves, by being selfish and, and taking on the desires of the world. And turned from that and turned to acquiescing to His will, to obeying Him. And then confessing Jesus to be the Son of God. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who is in heaven. And to be baptized, immersed into His church. And that begins that walk of forgiveness. Or maybe you're a Christian this morning and you haven't loved enough you haven't forgiven enough, and you need prayers of healing or prayers of healing or of encouragement, we want to offer this opportunity now. And we're going to sing a song of encouragement right now to encourage you for any need that you have. So won't you come as together we stand and as we sing.